Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everybody. My name is Matt. I am on staff here at Lighthouse. Um, I want to welcome um, the Beacon and also anybody that's watching online. Just hello. I also want to go on record in saying that I love vegetables and fruit and nuts and beans and all that. I love that. And the reason I want to go on record is so next year when we do a, a Daniel fast, I won't have to like fast just veggies because I love them, right? Does that make sense? So yeah, I don't like ice cream and I don't like Mountain Dew and I don't like, so just kidding. I, that was, that was dope. So. Um, I do have one announcement uh, before I begin, and that is uh, for students. Again, we announced this last week, um, but on February 14th, that is in two weeks from this Sunday, we are relaunching um, our student ministries. So um, I know I will be there. I, I am leading it for a season. Um, I believe Will will be there. Um, Mia as well. Most of you, a lot of you know Mia. Um, she will be there. But yeah, we're we're relaunching February 14th from five to seven. It's a new time. So I encourage you to come on out. If you are sixth through 12th grade, come on out, um, bring a friend with you. If you have friends from school, this is a great um, opportunity to invite them. So two weeks from today. So to start today's message, I want to talk about our neighbors, our neighbors. So if you think about your neighbors, some of you probably get a warm feeling, some maybe uh, maybe not so warm about your neighbors. And I was thinking about neighbors and I was thinking about um, like movies and television shows. And a lot of times they depict neighbors um, as being like odd or different. Um, sometimes they're really wacko or weirdos, right? Like, um, so here's some examples. We have um, Urkel's right there in the middle, right? Urkel's a different neighbor, right? Everybody went, did I do that? I, that was not a very good Urkel impersonation, but um, so you have Urkel. On the left was uh, Lenny and Squiggy. Yeah. That's for Generation X there. Like that's, you know, the guys, you guys, um, it's from, uh, what's the show? Laverne and Shirley, right? They're li- they just look funny, you know, so they're a little different. And then the bottom right, you have Kramer from Seinfeld. And Kramer is a little bit quirky to say the least, right? And there are other movies and shows where they are, they're depicted as kind of like that. They're just different, right? But then I was thinking there are some that are good neighbors. There are good neighbors. So you've got friends, right? They were, they were friendly. They were, some of you may say, oh, they're a little bit out there, but they were friendly to each other. Bottom left, you have Wilson. Right, we never saw the bottom of his face, but he was a good neighbor. We are actually family. We we're just watching Home Improvement last night or Friday, one of the days, and Wilson always gave Tim advice. So you know he was a, a good neighbor. And then maybe the greatest neighbor of all, right, Mister Rogers. He was a good neighbor. I mean, he created a whole neighborhood that just talked about about being friendly with people, right? And then there's other neighbors. So so sometimes we don't know our neighbors. And we get this impression with him. So there's this neighbor, and this, uh, he might be familiar to some of you. This is Old Man Marley from uh, Home Alone movies, the Home Alone movies, or Home Alone 1. He's not in the second one. But his nickname in the early part of the movie is the South Bend 
slayer or something like that. Like he's the kids think that he's this murderer. He goes around and he shovels people's driveways and he's salt in the street and they, and he he's depicted early in the movie as a creepy neighbor. But then later on, we find out Kevin meets him and he's actually a friendly guy. He's actually a pretty friendly guy. And he ends up saving Kevin in the movie as well. Um, but that's how, that's how neighbors are depicted. And whether, whether our neighbors are different or whether we like our neighbors and we, can, we label them a nice person, God calls us to love them either way. He calls us to love our neighbors either way. In Mark chapter 12, right? It's the great commandment. Love the Lord. It says, he, Jesus is saying, if somebody asked him, what should we do? And he's saying this, this is Jesus saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That's his, he said, do that first. And the second is this, love your, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And so God calls us to love our neighbors. Now this, this verse the word neighbor, the meaning of it, or it's translated a lot, or we think of it a lot as everybody is our neighbor. And that is 100% true. Everybody is our neighbor. But sometimes when we think about everybody, like the world or, or our, our far-reaching neighbors, and we look out, we miss the neighbors that are right underneath our nose, right? We look out, we concentrate out here, and we have neighbors that are right here. And so while this scripture does talk about our neighbors being every, everybody, today we're going to talk about our literal neighbors, like the people that live around us. And some of us, we live in neighborhoods and we have actual neighbors. And now I want to I broaden this definition a little bit. It's, you have neighbors on either side of you, okay? but it's a little bit more than that too. It's, it's neighborhood. Like if you, there might be two or three people or somebody across the street. Those are all neighbors. Those are your, what I would call literal neighbors. And if you live in the country, is country a thing? Like when people say country, is that just around here that people know, like I live like on a farm or whatever, like you live in the country. Is that just around here? Is that everywhere? I don't know. That's just, I know it's everywhere. But if you live in the country, you're not off the hook. You have neighbors too. They're just, and then they're just farther away, right? But you have somebody that you live right next to. They're just a couple miles down the road. Okay, but that's what we're going to talk about today is loving our neighbors because we are in a, a series, a message series called Go, taking the gospel to our world. And like I said, when we take it to the world, sometimes we concentrate out there, but our, our first step should be taking the gospel to our neighbors, taking the gospels to our neighbors. So today we are going to do a message called, it's the last of the series called Hello Neighbor. Shining Jesus to those who live near us. And so the great commandment tells us we should love our neighbors, but we're going to look at a scripture um, from the book of Matthew where it's, it's a practical say. I, I can tell you, you can take some practical things out of that. And so we are going to be in Matthew chapter 9. If you want to turn there in your Bible, um, it's verses 9 through 13. I'll give you a second. It'll come up on the screen if you don't have your Bible. But again, this is a great scripture that, that tells us to do the great commandment first, like to do, it's a practical way to, to exercise that. So Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 9. I'm actually going to read it out of my Bible, not off my sheet. 
So verse 9, it says this. It says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And so from that, we're going to take a couple practical things that we can write down um, that I think we, we can take from that story about loving our neighbors. But first, let me pause and pray. So God, we just, um, we come to you this morning. We come, we come thinking of our neighbors. We come thinking about those that actually live close to us, God. So just ask that you, you put those people on our hearts this morning. Just give us, give us those names. Give us those images of those people that live near us. And so when you speak to us today, it's those people that are on our minds. God, I just pray um, that you use me as your vessel this morning. Whatever you want to say about how we should reach out to our neighbors, just, just speak it this morning. Give us ears to hear your message. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing you can write this down if you want, says we can all love our neighbors by walking into their world. By walking into their world. And this comes from verse 10 where it says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house. So Jesus went to them, right? Jesus is going to Matthew's house. It wasn't them coming to Jesus. There were times in the Bible where Jesus sat down and he taught and people came to him. But then there was times when he wanted, when, when Jesus really wanted to, to get relational and do relationship with people, he went to them. And this is an example of that. He went to them. And there's value in coming together, right? If we, if we fast forward that to 2021, coming to church and, and, and hearing a message, there's value in that. But when we then go out and we want to do relationship, it's, it, it's going out and it's reaching out just like Jesus did when he went to Matthew's house, went in the door and said, cook me a meal. Okay. You don't have to say, Hey, go and hate knocking the door and back, cook me a meal, but going to them. It's really about going into their world. And there's value in that. There's value in us going in where you go to your neighbor, not them coming to you, because there's a comfortability there. You feel comfortable in your own home. It's home field advantage, right? I love sports and they always talk about home field advantage. The home team wins more than the away team. There's a comfort, comfortability there. We want them to feel comfortable. 
I was thinking um, about this. This happened several months ago. There was a group of us and we went to um, a women's ministry, the spa women's ministry. We did some prayer um, with them and we got there and I wasn't really sure what to expect. I thought we'd just sit down and we'd start praying for them or whatever. But the first, Rosie, or their half hour, 45 minutes was literally, they took us around and showed us their home. They were so proud of that place. Like it, it was, it was a comfort to them. They felt so comfortable there and they couldn't wait to show us. To me, that's a great example of how when they're on their home turf, when you go to your neighbors and they're on their home turf, they feel comfortable. They're going to feel more comfortable there than if they come over to your house or if they, if you invite them to church and they're going to come here. Again, there's value to that too, but going to them is important. In our scripture, right? Jesus went to Matthew and he ate with them. And so you can have dinner with you. You can set that up with your neighbors, go and have dinner with them, but it's, it's beyond dinner. It doesn't have to be dinner. It doesn't have to just be dinner. There are some things, some things you can do. Maybe you just take them a meal and say, Hey, I was making something, made some extra, made it for you. There's the time order tradition of when somebody moves into the neighborhood, you take them a pie, right? Do that. Take them a pie. Hey, I just, I was baking one. I thought it was just as easy for me to bake two pies. Here's one for you guys. It could be helping out with a project that you see your neighbor doing, right? If they're up on the, on the roof and they're doing something, Hey, can I give you a hand? Cause you can see that you go to them and, and doing something like that. If they're working on their car, go and give them a hand. It could be mowing their lawn or on a day like today, it could be shoveling their driveway. When I get done with church here, I'm going to go and shovel my driveway and I'm going to shovel my neighbor's driveway. I say shovel. I'm going to get in the bobcat. I'm going to plow it, but I'm going to do it for them too. I'm going to do it for them. But there's, but there's, those are examples of, of, uh, what you can do for us now, get, granted, I live across from my in-laws, but sometimes we get their mail for them. We just go out, we have a longer drive. So I've gone out, I'm going, Hey, I got your mail. You can get your neighbor's mail and just not, got your mail. You know, don't know it's through it on your way in, but give them their mail. Just little things like that. And we say, go to your neighbor's house, go to their home turf where they feel comfortable. I also think it's beyond that. It's more about what, what it says, going into their world. Well, what's their world consist of? Find out what that is. It could be something like um, you're going to their kids' ball games at the uh, the Little League Park. You know, if they see little kids, oh, they play league. Oh, well, I'll go. What when's their next game? You care if I come and you go there. You make relationship there. Finding out maybe what they like to eat, maybe what what's their favorite restaurant is, and you say, hey, let's go and we'll go to Texas Roadhouse or wherever. Like I'll take you guys out to eat. It's you can do something like that just walking over to say hello, but, but it's more about getting into their world. Where do they feel comfortable? They feel comfortable in their world. So let's go to their world to make that relationship with them. And so that's it. That's point one. We can all love our neighbors by walking into their world. And the reason that point one, the reason we want to do that, the reason we want to go to them and we want to walk into their world is to get that relationship built with them. And then that sets up what we want to do with point two. And that is this, we can really all love our neighbors by really getting to know them, by really getting to know them. 
And so if we piggyback your, we go into their world, but, but the purpose we're going into our world is so we get to know them. So we get to know them. Jesus didn't just get to know the tax collector's name, right? He, he could have said, oh yeah, those are the tax collectors I can pray. But he went to their world. In verse 12 of our scripture, it says, on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. If Jesus didn't go to them, he, that, that's how he knows that they're sick, right? He was talking about spiritually sick. But if we go to our neighbors, that's how we know their needs. I, I want to say problems, but sometimes it may not be a problem. It's just a need that they have. I was thinking about this, right? It says it's not the doctor um, that need a, the healthy need a doctor. It's the sick. And so I start thinking about this. When I go to the doctor, my doctor is Dr. Rosentrader. It's the only doctor I've ever seen from my baby on up. But when I go to his office, first of all, he knows me because I've been going there for 40 years. But even in, in each individual situation that I go in there, we sit down and we talk and he gets to know me. And even in that situation, he gets to know, well, how are you feeling? Why are you here? What are your symptoms? And then once he knows me and knows my symptoms, then he diagnoses it. And I'll bet your doctor's the same way. We probably don't go to the doctor and they just say, here's your prescription. Any of that ever happened to anybody? I hope not. If, you, if it did, you'd probably find a new doctor. They get to know you. They get to know what you need. And then they diagnose it and then they, they, they fix it. And so that's, that's what, what we can do with our neighbors. We have to get to know them first. So again, the ultimate goal is not to just go and serve our neighbors. It's to, to know them. And you ask yourself, okay, well, how can we do this? How can we do this? Well, we have a plan. And this plan doesn't really come from me. It comes from this book, aptly titled, The Art of Neighboring. The Art of Neighboring. This book is written by Dave Runyon and uh, Jay Pathak. Dave works for, I think, Focus on the Family, but Jay Pathak is a fairly well-known uh, vineyard pastor in Colorado. Um, this book, I've, I've highlighted more in this book than any other book that I've read, other than the Bible. I highlight my Bible. Well, I don't highlight my physical Bible, but my Bible. But it's very, very good. There's really good stuff in here. And so this book talks about what we can do to love our physical neighbors, those that live near us. And so, oh, by the way, this book is available at um, the Welcome Center. I think it's $10. So I'm telling you, for $10, it's a great book. I've highlighted more in this than any other book. So you can pick that up on your way out. Great stuff in there. But also, and the ushers are going to come forward now, and they're going to pass out. This is part of the book, and I'm going to explain what this is. It says, who's my neighbor? And um, they're coming forward now. I ask that you take one of these per family. Um, that's all you'll need. So a husband and a wife, you can take one. Or if you have kids here, just take one. Um, but we're going to kind of walk through this, what this means. And that's a lot of what point two is. So I'll kind of pause here while everybody gets one.
Oh, while I'm pausing, if you are watching in the beacon, Tony's handing these out. If you're watching online, um, you can either email me. It's Matt at lv.church um, to get, there's a PDF form of this. Or also you can go to artofneighboring.com and that's anybody in here as well. There's a lot of resources. This is a resource that's on there, um, but there's also a lot of other resources on how do they do. In the book, it talks a lot about doing like block parties and it gives you like examples and how to plan for that. So um, artofneighboring.com is a good resource as well. So the, the who is my neighbor, you notice this thing is, is a magnet. So you can put this on your fridge too and, and keep it right there in front of you to um, know your neighbors. But basically you can see where it says you are here right in the center. That's you or your house. And what this represents, there are eight squares around the outside of you. Those are your eight closest neighbors. Now it's eight closest neighbors. It's not necessarily the eight neighbors that you already know, the eight people that live around you that you already know. It's who lives closest to you. So, you know, physically it can be the person that lives right next door on either side. Maybe you have two neighbors. Those are close to you. The person across the street, maybe you have an alley and it's the person behind you, but you're filling in the eight closest people that live to you. Okay. So for me, I live down a long lane. My in-laws live across from us. There's a couple houses in front of us, a couple across the road, a couple on either side. So eight closest people to you. Okay. And then what you do in each one of these. So there's three steps that it talks about in each one of these that you'll want to do for each one of those households. And step one, and you can write this in in your handout, but we'll explain it too. But step one is to write basic information. Write basic information. And honestly, what basic information is, is write their names. That's all it really is. So step one of that. So one of my neighbors, I'm going to write their name. Pat and Rita McPhee. That's my in-laws. And to be honest with you, like I'm not talking to you like I'm the greatest neighbor of all time. We have neighbors and they actually rent from, they don't rent from us, but they rent from my in-laws. And I could not, I, their daughter's name is Lily. I couldn't tell you the mom and dad's name. So I, I need to fill this out. Right. But that's step one is really just learning their names. And you and you can put different things. It's it's learning the name, but it's also remembering the name. So if you can write, you know, you write notes in there like Pat. It's a bald head. Whatever. My my father-in-law is bald, so he wouldn't be offended by that. But but it but it helps you to remember that's who that person is. Oh, hey Pat. So when you see him, you can wave. But that's step one. It's the basic information. It's literally just learning your neighbor's names. So if you think about those people that, that I prayed for that you know around you, there's probably, there's probably not eight people that we, that we know their names, the eight closest people that live to us. I'd argue that we probably don't know all their names. And so that's step one. So you fill in like each neighbor, their eight names. Step two is to write relevant information. Write relevant information. And this is information that you would learn through a conversation with them. Um, things like their occupation or where they grew up. Okay? It's not things that you'll just know by seeing them. It's not a physical feature that I can tell like, oh, he's tall. That's basic information. It's, you have to have a conversation. Oh, you grew up in Bremen. Oh, well, yeah, so did I. And it's, it's conversation. 
little, you know, see how you're going a little bit deeper there. Um, it's still not super deep, but it's, it's creating that relationship. So that's relevant information. And again, you would do that for each one of those then learn their names. And it doesn't have to be like, I have to learn all eight of their names first. And then, so you may, you may get to step three on somebody before you get to step one of somebody else, but it's, it's, I'm going to learn their names. And then step two, I'm going to, and then I'm going to write that in there. I'm going to learn some information about them. Like I said, where they grew up, maybe one of their hobbies, something that they really enjoy. And then that leads us down to step three, which is then to write in-depth information, in-depth information. And this is things like maybe their dreams, their career goals. You can get even into something sometimes here, like their relationship with their family maybe come out during this step, that in-depth information. This is where the quote-unquote Jesus talk can, can come. What's their relationship with Jesus? That's during this kind of step three. And these are meant to do in order. Some of them you might already know. You can fill in names and you've got step one done already. Okay. But if you don't, I wouldn't, I don't think I would go to my neighbors, the two neighbors that I don't know. I'm not probably not going to go knock on their door and then ask them, do you know Jesus? I'm going to get to know them first. Then that question can come up. Because remember, what's our ultimate goal? Our ultimate goal is that to, to do relationship with them. But, but Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations. Like he wants us, he wants them to know Jesus. And they might already, maybe when that conversation comes, they already do. And so then it starts up, oh, well, great. What church do you go to? Oh, great. Well, let's do a Bible study. And, but it's building that relationship. That's the ultimate goal. But it's not step one. Get to know them. Get to know their names. Get to know a little bit about them. You build that relationship, then you can have those deeper conversations. Again, it's all in this book. This is all from this book. It obviously goes farther than just three steps. I recommend purchasing this book. It's a great way to understand how to love your neighbor. So to close... You know, here in the United States, we hear about the American dream a lot, right? We hear about the American dream of, you know, you got to, when I think of the American dream and the dream, you have this, this two-story house and a white picket fence and a, a tire swing in the, hanging from the front tree, right? You hear, you think all of that, but really the American dream is more about loving your neighbors. You can have a great house, and if you don't like your neighbors, it may not be the American dream for you. In this book, one of the authors, they said this. He was talking about they had bought a new home, and he was talking about how um, he liked his home or whatever, but he had, he had this quote. It said, the home, it said, it became our dream home because of the relationships we had developed with our neighbors. And so we need to know our neighbors. We can have the greatest home of all time. And if we don't know our neighbors and we don't love our neighbors, I'd argue it's, 
Are we really living the American dream? Loving our neighbors is part of that American dream. You can write this down before I close. It says part of the American dream is loving our neighbors. I think I said that like three times, but you can actually write it in there. Part of the American dream is loving our neighbors. You can get that dream home. You can get your dream home when you learn your neighbors' names, when you get to know them, then you build a deep relationship with them. So now I'm going to turn it over to Tony in the beacon. And I believe Clint is going to come up and he is going to finish us with a time of prayer. Thank you, Matt. So I don't know about you, but this is, this is pretty challenging to me. You know, there was a season where I knew all of my neighbors and then knew them by name and then they, they turned over, you know, they moved away or new houses were built. And so now there are neighbors around us that I, I don't know their story. I've met a few. I have a couple of names, um, but uh, there's so much more work to be done in my neighborhood, just in my neighborhood alone. But I love what Matt was saying. Part of going into all the world starts with those around us. Just think about that. God has positioned you into your house, into your mobile home, into your apartment, and you are somebody's neighbor, next door neighbor, across the street neighbor, not someone else. I mean, you are their neighbor. So God has uniquely positioned you to have an inroad into their life. And if we miss that, and we're missing what God has given us, an opportunity that God has given to each one of us. So I hope you really take this challenge seriously. And over the next months, I know this isn't going to be uh, something that's going to be easy to do this week, but over the next months that we get really serious, put this on your refrigerator and actually just start filling it in. I wrote down while I was sitting there, Jeff Kelly and Ian, they there are my next door neighbors that just moved in a couple of months ago. Um, and I have their name. I know they have four dogs, right? I think they have four, four big dogs, but that's about it. I don't know much more than that. And so I couldn't fill in, you know, relevant information or in-depth information on them. And so that's, that's a goal for me over this year. It'll be easier, obviously, when the snow melts. <laughs> so, and I would also say it'll be easier as this coronavirus thing starts to fade a little bit. I know that this past year has been really difficult. It's hard to invite yourself to someone's house when they don't want to even let you in the door. But I really believe that's fading. And, uh, and so we can start making inroads. We don't have to be held back worrying about their safety. Does that make sense? So that's something we can begin to start making inroads. So what I want to do for prayer, if you guys would all stand, is take this magnet and uh, hold it in your hand. And if you're a family, just hold it together. Maybe, you know, a couple of you hang on to it. And we're just going to pray for who this represents. Okay, we're going to pray for who this represents. So God, I come to you right now. And Lord, I pray for the names that will be written on these magnets, Father. As the names represent 
hearts and minds and souls of people that you love. And God, I thank you for the the location that each one of us lives in, whether it's a house or a mobile home or an apartment. Lord, you have positioned us uniquely to reach those around us, God. And so, Lord, I pray that we take that seriously this year. And I pray, God, that this year in 2021, these magnets get filled out. And even more than that, Lord, I pray that that prayers are lifted up for the names that will be written on here. That friendships will be established. Lord, ultimately, that souls will end up in heaven as a result of this exercise, God. Lord, I pray that we would not just put this on a shelf when we get home. Lord, speak to us, convict us, challenge us, and Father, enable us to love our physical neighbors. So go with us, God, as we shine Jesus to our neighborhoods and to our world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for being here today. If you have any prayer requests, come on up and sit in the front row. row. We'll be glad to pray with you, but have a great week. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.